0: Episode 21 of Coin DMZ. He is William Quigley, I'm Ken Rakowski. We're both in Los Angeles, California, and we are your, I guess, two dudes who know something about what's going on in the crypto space and also the blockchain space. And Mr. Q, what is the deal with
1: everyone thinking blockchain and crypto are the same thing? Uh, well, I kind of get that. Sometimes people say, are you into crypto? Are you into blockchain? And they sort of mean the same thing. I guess to be technically correct, you know- you've got Wait a second,
0: It's like saying highway, well, that's like saying the highway and the cars are the same.
1: Yeah, uh, in a way, but uh, I know myself, I'll say, oh yeah, I'm in the blockchain space. Well, I'm really doing crypto investing and crypto creation and blockchain development, Yeah, know.
0: But, but they're different. This is where I think the, our biggest problem is right now is just, proper terminology if you're in the crypto space it doesn't mean you're developing a cool blockchain app for the medical industry because that would ride on the blockchain which is different than somebody that's making a ico because that's crypto does that make sense what
1: i'm saying did your english teachers like you but all of your fellow students hate you
0: (laughs) yes (laughs) And I would raise my hand all the time. I'd be that guy that everybody wanted to beat the crap out of because we stayed after the bell. Mr. Rakowski has a question. I know, I know, I know. But you, the reason why I'm bringing this up is the other day on uh, Tuesday, I think I called you up. and I go, you know, there are 17 crypto conferences. Well, excuse me, blockchain conferences that are going on right now. It's madness. And you left. <laughs> Everyone's an expert, too. Everybody is a freaking expert when it comes to blockchain. How can you be an expert in blockchain? How? It sounds like you just make it up on anything,
1: right? Just make it up. Well, to be fair, yeah, I, uh, uh, whenever somebody asks me, oh, are you an expert? I said, no, I'm not, I'm I'm learning, and uh, so is everybody else I know. Yeah, there are no blockchain experts. In fact, if I see the, the title like blockchain expert, on a resume or on LinkedIn, I kind of go, hmm, I wonder if this guy's scamming people, right? So I was at the
0: Blockchain Summit, it's actually called the Future Blockchain Summit in Dubai. And it was an amazing event, 10,000 people showed up. Uh, Our buddy Brock was with us, Brock Pierce, pretty impressive group of people. And what was amazing was, remember, I'm in the Middle East and you saw hardly any, asians and i'm not saying they were against asians it just showed that this because most of the conferences you go to there are blockchain or crypto there's tons of people from china japan korea that are there right yeah, absolutely not this one yeah. not this one that's interesting why do you think that was the case because they marketed towards europe middle east and africa but here i want to specify this that conference did not talk about cryptocurrency at all it talked about uh, smart cities. It talked about medicine, transportation. It talked about delivery services. It wasn't about crypto. It was really refreshing, actually, to hear about this next generation of technology utilizing the blockchain.
1: Yeah. Well, one, one of these episodes, we'll talk about that in more depth. I mean, I, I, for the listeners, I'll just put it this way. Uh, The blockchain, I don't even think about it as a technology. It's really just a, a philosophy, the blockchain. And most things that we do in business, let's say, are done much better without a blockchain. And a blockchain or a distributed ledger is very useful. In fact, it's magical, but for a very limited number of things we do today. And so, it is helpful to have conferences where real industries are talking about their application of the blockchain, as opposed to, you know, somewhat of an echo chamber where a bunch of blockchain enthusiasts, developers, uh, get together and talk about, hey, what could we do with the blockchain? It's, it's, uh, you know, the expression uh, when. Uh, you own a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yes. Well, this notion of, hey, uh, we have this blockchain, where can we fit it? Is, I think, kind of wrong headed. Uh, there are certain things about a distributed ledger or a blockchain that, that make it highly appealing for certain things, but for most things, you're better off having a centralized authority manage it.
0: We had this conversation going back a decade or 15 years when things like DRM came out, digital rights management. And if you remember, the concept was, what can I do with this and how can I do it and how can I distribute it and reuse it? And that was that centralized area because Sony would determine what you can do with their content or some IP entity would say what you can do with that, whatever that is. So that was a centralized, centralized where the blockchain is, like you said, decentralized. It's all over the place. But we've had this technology, pieces of it throughout the last, what, 20 years of the internet. Now, at least we know formally what it is. But there's other things out there that are not called blockchain that do very similar, maybe a little twist on it, and other companies are using it, but it is the next iteration of the internet. Agree?
1: Um, no. Really? No, I- don't agree, okay. don't agree, not even close. Uh, no, I, 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 I do not believe that the blockchain is, um, I think the internet is a much bigger phenomenon, uh, and, and I think the blockchain is, is, um, is, is useful, but the blockchain has a a high number of of challenges. The main ones right now, anyway, being extreme slowness and high expense. So those things have to be fixed before any of this other stuff is gonna work. Okay,
0: so let me challenge you you on what you're saying. Here's the difference. I would say when we looked at the internet at IPv4 compared to IPv6, that was the next step of the internet. That's where we got IoT. A lot of the things that are happening now is because we have that next iteration of uh, our IP numbers. Do you agree with me on that? Yes. Okay. So that is, and by the way, IPv6, you need uh, IPv6 to do blockchain. You can't do all NAT and everything behind. Some type of uh, propagation of of phony IP addresses. Everything's got to have a new address to locate where uh, these bits and bytes are that are on the ledger. Do you agree?
1: For now, yes, that's true. So this is the
0: next iteration of the internet. It is. It's I I would say it's a component. Okay, I agree with with what you're saying. It's a component of the next iteration.
1: uh, HTTP uh, was massively transformational. But it was a it was a piece of infrastructure. Yeah, you're right. right. You're absolutely right. That, that's that's like what the- and what what I hear a lot every day, and it's at these conferences. And you know, you and I are both big fans of the blockchain movement and cryptocurrencies. But I hear a lot that is frankly nonsense. You know, all right. Uh, whatever somebody does with a blockchain can almost always be done in a centralized fashion better, with a few caveats. And someday we'll talk about the caveats. And I think
0: what you just did, I now I went back in time and I remember the argument about the internet and the web and how everybody tried to put them together and they're not, right? Because yes, the web, yes. okay, I got it. berners Lee and the World Wide web
1: and yeah, yep. yeah, it's
0: different. Okay, we're on the same page. Hey, so Bloomberg has launched their own index yeah. and it's the Bloomberg Galaxy Crypto Index the bgci um it seems like when you start seeing an index from a legitimate organization bloomberg's pretty legitimate it shows that hey this crypto thing now is getting bigger bigger acceptance Um, have you checked out the index have you looked at it yes they have a breakdown of 10 cryptocurrencies they threw into this so it Top one, 30% of the index is Bitcoin, then another, excuse me, so it's 30% Bitcoin, 30% Ethereum, 14.14% Ripple, Bitcoin Cash is 10.6, then EOS, interesting, 6.11, Litecoin Dash, it just goes down the list. What's your thought about this?
1: I think it's useful. I mean, most investors have an index already, you know? I certainly have had one for years, so um, uh, it's it's a useful thing. Um, I don't I don't think it's anything special, but if if you think, wow, you know, uh, this is going to be this is an indication that more institutional investors are interested in this stuff. That's probably true, you know. Um, But uh, I mean, there's nothing special about building an index. Yeah, and an index, just so your, your, your listeners you know, can understand, it's just, it's just a way of saying, hey, here's the value of all of these cryptos today as measured in U.S. dollars, and then tomorrow, what's the value of those, and so forth. And so what you would expect is in a year from now, you look at that index, and it gives you how collectively all of these coins did. If you would put a dollar in the index, what will that be worth uh, you know, a year from now? And it's it's useful. It's particularly useful when for people who are building um, options and uh, derivative contracts, futures contracts. Uh, often you need to reference some uh, some uh, uh, number that has been published by an esteemed institution, and you're like, okay, as measured by the so-and-so index. So it it has a, it has a good purpose.
0: But Quicks, we've been doing this for the longest time. We say the Dow, the Russell, the S&P, those indexes, we use a historical record to find performance. I think it's important to figure out what this index is and if those are the proper 10 and the weighing they've done on those 10. But I have to, at least I feel, I can go to somebody that is a sophisticated investor and now say, hey, Bloomberg's actually created an index and it might at least create some, a bigger trust area with a, an investor that has not gone into crypto yet with Bloomberg recognizing it.
1: Yeah, I, I will say this, though, about this stuff. Can I know you've been around the block a long time when it comes to things like new technologies and whatnot. You always get fanboys and fangirls who are, who are chasing credibility. And then what they do is they look for the old institutions to validate them. And so they say, wow, look at Bloomberg, uh, you know, a a popular, well-known, you know, information research store and I guess even television network around financial news. Isn't this useful that they're now impressive, you know, that they're now supporting cryptos? For me, I don't care. You know, it's like, okay, fine. Um, You know, I don't really care what Bloomberg does. Uh, We don't need Bloomberg. But uh, the fact that they've done this uh, obviously indicates that they feel like they should be showing this index. And it's a way for them to generate news. Don't forget that because they're not just a, uh, a database company of financial information. They also are a media company. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, I think it's useful from that perspective. Um, maybe for the casual investor who would like to know, how have these cryptos, not just one-off cryptos, but how have these basket of cryptos done in the past year? That's that's good too. I'm William Quigley and I don't
0: care about Bloomberg. I just, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) all right. So we have multiple things to talk about, plus a little game at the end, which I want you to stick around for. Our headlines go like this, the Marshall Islands, they're saying crypto, you're a legal tender.
1: Robinhood aims to rival Coinbase. It
0: looks like Facebook is getting a lot closer to their own coin.
1: Iranians are buying billions of dollars in Bitcoin. So what are those biggest crypto hacks in history? And NBA fans can now use Bitcoin to buy tickets.
0: Plus, we'll find out again in our game, what is real and what's not. I'm Ken Rakowski, he's William Quigley, You're listening The Coin. one that is our episode we've been doing this for a while and we are diving deep into what's going on in crypto and the blockchain the next generation of the internet call it whatever you want he's william quigley you could find him over at opskins or at wax and i am uh you can find me at voice of disruption and of course you can send us an email hello at coin william i don't think you've ever been ever been to the marshall islands have you i have not yeah either of i outside hawaii we've done uh i think uh, atomic testing out there with bombs and uh i think it was fairly successful because we've used those bombs
1: (laughs) in other places those were uh, used though to be fair those those uh atomic weapons were after world war ii and oh i didn't know that yeah yeah and we set them up we we took the uh the uh, Imperial Japanese Naval Fleet, um, aircraft carriers and and battleships and, and even submarines, and uh, we set them up in the lagoon of Bikini Atoll, and then we nuked them, and we we wanted to see what effects a nuclear blast would have on uh, on naval vessels. So yeah, and then we gave the uh, islands back to uh, the citizens after they were covered in nuke dust. So it wasn't very nice. We ruined their islands.
0: We did ruin their islands. And of course, they're going through a hard time too because the oceans are rising. But one good thing going for them, they've decided that uh, cryptocurrency is acceptable legal tender. You could actually make payments with Bitcoin. I did not know this, by the way. And as I read it, then it hit me. Because in this story, they talk about how the Marshall Islands are saying, yeah, we'll take crypto, we'll use it. And then it started saying places like the United States, Japan, and South Korea,
1: actually you could use crypto. But you can, you know that, right? Well, again, yeah, and I, I think what they're probably referring to is the fact that, you know, what is legal tender, right? How do you define that? Uh, As I've learned, if you're in Santa Monica, California, and you go to, what is it, uh, Tender Greens? Uh, No, you go to uh, Sweet Greens. Sweet Greens, and you go to use Greenback's U.S. dollars. Those are not legal tender in that restaurant. They don't want them. They only want credit cards. Or you use their app
0: to do this. That's right. They're called cashless. But what I'm saying is you can use cryptocurrency, Bitcoin specifically, in the United States to pay for your taxes, or your donations to your favorite politician. It's acceptable. (laughs) Yes, that is true. And I think that's what they're referring to. I I wonder if you gave, whatever your favorite politician is, I don't know, like Lyndon LaRouche, I don't know who you love, um, if you gave them $5,000 in Bitcoin, okay? So you give them three quarters of a Bitcoin. And if it goes up to $20,000, What do they register it as? 5,000, right? Yeah, typically that's the way you do it. It's at the point you sent it. Well, Marshall Islands are are, uh, utilizing it as legal tender, and they are part of this new wave of more and more countries will start saying we're going to accept it. Hey, now, I talked about Robinhood a couple of episodes back. I love the Robinhood app, if you haven't seen it. It's a fun little way to invest. This is not for day traders. This is not for really, really active investors in the stock market. This is if you want to buy 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 shares of something, not the big Berkshire Berkshire Hathaway ones. But if you want to trade back and forth, it's great. And by the way, it's great for kids. And they were the first trading platform that did stocks that allowed you to buy Bitcoin and Ethereum. And because of that, did you see what this company's worth now? I
1: did. It's over $5 billion.
0: It's a stock trading platform, and now with Bitcoin and Ethereum, it's pretty mind blowing. They just raised about uh, $360 million to continue building this. Now, William, I know you love Coinbase because you probably have it on right now and you trade in it. I don't
1: know. have a Coinbase account. I'm kidding.
0: I'm kidding. Of course you don't. You, you haven't been a fan of Coinbase for this sophisticated crypto trader. You told me that a long time ago. What's your favorite platform
1: do you like? Well, it depends for what. You mean like as a wallet? Yeah, what do you use for Bitcoin? Blockchain, Bitcoin. Blockchain.org or, or what do you use for Ethereum? Now, now offline, it would be uh, Ledger. How about Ethereum? I use a Ledger.
0: Uh, you got any Ripple? Yes, I do. I use Ledger. What do you use? Oh, so Ledger's it. That's what you use. Ledger
1: is your I like your Okay, got it. And you don't have Coinbase why? Uh well it's just not suitable for me. I mean it's I think Coinbase is it's the AOL of uh of crypto companies. You know, it's for people who want to uh use a credit card and pay high fees and have their uh not really know where their their coins are stored because they're all commingled in a general wallet and um, they limit how much you can withdraw. I mean, it's really—it's just not for like a more sophisticated user where, where I will give them great kudos is in uh, their uh, simplicity. Uh, you can get a credit card, you can go to their site, you don't need to know what a private key or a public key is, you don't have to figure out how to create a, a wallet. Our paper wallet for your crypto. You just put in your credit card and, you know, sign up, username, password, and uh, they store it all for you. And they'll, when you want to sell it, you sell it on them, and then they send you a check or whatever, or, you know, a wire. Uh, so it's really simple. Uh, it's just that, you know, there's a lot of things that they don't do, uh, and there's very few coins that you can buy on there, which makes it not appealing for people who – who are very active in, in the crypto industry.
0: Right. You can't. And I don't know about this uh, on airdrops. You don't have the privilege to get any airdrops.
1: Oh, is yeah, that right? Even for like yeah. BCH or one of the bigger ones?
0: Yep. Oh, it's a big, yeah. li- big limitation.
1: That would be. Yeah. If our audience doesn't know what airdrops are, when you own a coin, sometimes the coin will uh, give you uh, uh, free tokens from another coin. And it's kind of cool. But you, uh, if you have all of your, your coins on an exchange, sometimes the exchanges just keep those freebies. And, uh, and sometimes they don't even keep them, but they don't take them either. They just don't deal with them at all.
0: This is why I think Robinhood has a chance to overtake what coinbase is because Robinhood is much more sophisticated much more sophisticated yeah. i like it so much more yeah. and i could liquidate let's say some of my ford stock real time and say i want to buy ethereum so i can move between stock and currency fairly quickly i like that
1: yeah. So no, I think Robinhood is a, it, it's a, it's a clever little idea. You know, the idea was, uh, and it always amazes me, you slightly change the medium. So instead of doing things on your tablet or on your, your PC or Mac, uh, it's an app and, uh, it's a stock buying, selling app. There are a billion the ways to buy and sell stocks, uh, using a browser, but they made an app and then they made, uh, it, uh, uh, uh fees as set at zero I think for now no and, cost yeah and so uh they're funding it basically venture capital and but it's easy to do and people seem to uh like that slightly added convenience of using something via an app and uh I agree with you I don't see why they should uh uh not be able to compete uh, with uh, sort of new crypto investors um with their customer base, because once you're signed in and you have money in the thing, if it's a push of a button and you can own crypto, why not?
0: It's a, and it's really easy too. Do you use Abra at all? No. So, you know, Abra is really gaining a lot of attention too. People are liking Abra. I, I like the guy Abra
1: that very, very, so I was there watching it that I think it was, uh, 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 and metal. Well, it was that Metal, but it was also at the Jason Calacanis's, uh conference up in San Francisco where they kind of had their original pitch.
0: Got it. Yeah, Bill Bartheid, a smart guy. I like what he's doing. He pitches it well. All right, so we are in an interesting time right now because if you look at the population of the planet, of course, we all know that China is the most popular country in the world, populated country. Then it's India, and then it's what? Well, then it's Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. You got 1.8, maybe 2 billion people living on Facebook. And we have talked about over and over again how Facebook has really paid little attention to the crypto space, and now they're starting to realize it's time they brought on more crypto people into the company i know you said as of what six months ago they had maybe one or two people working at facebook on this they had no one
1: they had no one on it no one no one wow They didn't know what the hell cryptos were it, it it only but makes sense
0: for these guys to be doing something this is kind of the the fall of myspace do you remember myspace Of course, I had 47 different profiles. (laughs) Were you Tila Tequila? Were you her? So, (laughs) yeah, I actually met her. She looks like a little alien. So um, the biggest, one of the biggest downfalls, and if I'm not sure if you know this, I, I went to Mike Jones and I tried to buy MySpace. I went in with a lot of money and they didn't take it. But what we had on our side is we were going to turn into an e-commerce platform because we knew that all these bands and artists were on there, but you couldn't buy anything on MySpace. You couldn't even buy concert tickets. It was it was so broken in the aspect of connecting with somebody with a product or service, you couldn't do anything there. Where yeah. Facebook, they should be thinking this way because in theory, they are their own country. They should have their own currency, shouldn't they? Uh, I don't know.
1: Um, I mean, if it's if the, if the goal is for them to reduce currency conversion costs, which are huge, then I think uh, it makes a ton of sense. I doubt most of the customers would uh, even be aware that that's a major problem, but it really is. It's uh, over a trillion dollars annually uh, is eaten up uh, by people having to convert from one currency to another. So that would be a reason. Um, uh, I could see if it was a more sophisticated coin or a token and it allowed maybe uh, people to get paid uh, for doing things on Facebook, they've never done that, then that would be, I'd say, a, a, a useful uh, application of a crypto. Um, if it's simply we have a crypto and we'd like you to pay in our crypto, I don't think that's very useful. Is that kind of what Overstock's trying to do? Well, Overstock is creating T Zero, which is a uh, exchange designed for security tokens. Right.
0: Oh, it's it's not a payment platform
1: on Overstock. Well, they'll you'll be able to use tokens on our stock, but I mean, the, if you're talking about T0, the main value of T0 is, uh, is as a, um, uh, an exchange for, for security related tokens. Got it. Okay. So what we'll see
0: with Facebook as they get closer to this? And maybe it goes back to the idea, and I remember quoting this, I want to say in 2010 saying that Facebook eventually become the biggest bank in the world. I still believe that Um, they have so many services. uh, They got to catch
1: up with uh, Alibaba, man.
0: Yeah. Alibaba. You know, you're right. You're absolutely right. Alibaba. But I think Jack Ma in a lot of ways is his, his hands are tied because of the government will prevent him from doing anything like this.
1: Possibly. Yeah, that's true. But you know, anytime you touch money, Uh, Many, many different regulators across the world um, are involved, right? So Facebook can do a coin. I would just say, you know, they would have to really make sure that the use case of it made sense. Otherwise, people can continue to use Bitcoin. You're
0: right. All right. And uh, Iran, of course, we know what's going on. The United States has pulled out of the Iranian nuclear deal. And uh, what Iran, first thing I saw today, by the way, was Iran has hired a series of uh, hackers and virus creators to attack anyone that goes against the Iranian, um, it's not even a treaty, it's an agreement. Um, And also, it looks like they are buying a ton, and when I say ton, two and a half billion dollars worth of cryptocurrency they're buying so they're they're almost setting up in my eyes for some type of war in some ways. do you kind of feel that?
1: Oh I don't know uh, I mean they they certainly you know talk a lot about uh, their dislike of the u s and a lot of the you know in the Middle Eastern countries, some of them including israel but uh I, I don't know i i I would prefer they not touch crypto because uh, it gives crypto a bad name. <laughs> You know, they're a pariah. And now with uh, with North Korea sort of uh, uh, becoming more diplomatic with the United States, I think all attention is on on Iran. So uh, I, I can totally understand why uh, people in Iran would want to have cryptocurrency because of all of the sanctions. You can't use the SWIFT network, the international That's right. bank transfer network. So I totally get it. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I think it's sort of, uh, for whatever reason, crypto always has some, some like bad uh, people associated with it. And, uh, you know, Iran doesn't help its reputation. Yeah,
0: but are we talking about the Iranian government that's buying it or the citizens of Iran?
1: I think they're not sure. Um, you know, I don't think anybody knows, um, Uh, Because how do you separate that? Right. Government officers buying crypto or just regular everyday people buying it. I don't think you can figure it out.
0: But we see it going in that direction. All right. Watch what happens in this aspect. But William's right. It, it, It does have a negative connection, especially the media is going to blow that out of whack. Right. They're going to say, oh, Iranian Iran's using Bitcoin to fund their next terrorist project. That's what the media is going to pick up, and that's how they're going to communicate it properly. Just, just watch. Now, William, you have <laughs> spoken at Metal. This is a, a group that we're both members of. And about a year ago, you talked about a a, a very interesting scam of I think it was like a, like fifty million dollars magically dis- disappeared uh, from a group of investors in the crypto space, and it really didn't make any news. Do you remember the story? <laughs> Uh, depends which one. You're not talking about the Dow. Well, I, I which one did you? T- I think it was the Dow. Was, was that the one the you Dow. talked about? At yeah, Meta?
1: because it was the Dow was the first kind of big smart contract that uh, people used off of Ethereum, and it was a venture capital fund uh, in a box. Uh, everybody contributed money to it, and then it was going to dole it out to different ICOs. Uh, I originally passed on the idea because I just thought it was too complicated, the way it worked. But then I got uh, the fever and I put money in. And then somebody hacked. It got up to 170 million of deposits, and then someone uh, hacked the um, uh, the smart contract, and uh, uh, they took out 50 million of the 170 million. That's what became Ethereum Classic. Oh, got it. So So it wasn't a scam. uh, It wasn't a scam. It was just broken. It wasn't a scam. What it did, and it was probably useful. Here's what it did. It made everybody go, oh, shit. You know what? Uh, If these smart contracts aren't designed well, you can lose a lot of money. And it's worth pointing that out here. You know, a smart contract is, all it is, is is a set of software instructions that you know, you program this little uh, Ethereum virtual machine, and you tell it uh, do the following things. You know, if uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average closes above X, send uh, you know 1.2 Ethereum to this Ethereum wallet address, and whatever. But the problem is, as you know. Uh, it's like when you try to program a wallet uh, a, a robot to do something like open a door or uh, line up a set of blocks you you uh, the block example is always my favorite because the first time uh, uh, researchers said okay we'll get this robot to just you know set up blocks it didn't occur to them to train the robot about the concept of gravity and so the robot just started from the top and it kept trying to put the rope the, the the, the block in the middle of the air? Well, because it wasn't trained to know about gravity. That's, that's one of the biggest uh, problems with smart contracts is the way you design them, you don't necessarily, you don't know what you don't know. You sometimes don't even think about stuff because it's just not in your consciousness. So when you, when you uh, uh, do a smart contract, it's a scary thing yeah you know, there's so many ways it can go wrong
0: okay got it and as you've watched a lot of these hacks and we're not talking about scams but hacks do most of them get reported now they probably do since crypto is is big news but over the last couple of years most of these haven't really even been reported have they well
1: you don't know what you don't know uh lots of people will say hey somebody drained my ethereum wallet or whatever they stole my bitcoin but for the most part um i would say the answer is no uh uh you know if if you lost a thousand dollars in crypto you probably aren't going to go write a you know a letter right to the to to bloomberg but what i can tell you is uh uh on the exchanges, it's always reported. It's always reported on exchanges. You know. So you've heard of Nice Hash?
0: Yes. It's a hack. You know about the sixty-three million dollars happened in December? Yep. Yep. There what, were several
1: late last year. Yeah, um,
0: late last yeah. year. That's right. Uh, it, the biggest it, one is what? What's the biggest one?
1: Well, the biggest one of all time it was Mt. Gox, and it still is Mt. Gox if you measure it by the value of the Bitcoin that was stolen in today's dollars. It was 400 million that was lost in uh, 2013 dollars, but that same Bitcoin would be worth billions of dollars today. If, if you measure it as the value of the coins at the time they were taken, it's Coincheck, that's the Japanese exchange, that, that bizarrely had the tokens for uh, NEM coin, um, uh, literally in a wallet connected to the internet.
0: This was crazy. Remember when this happened? You and I, we, we read the story. We, we This is, it, it was almost preposterous what happened. This is a half a billion dollars,
1: $534 yeah, million. Dollars. Uh, well, you know, let me just go rant for a little bit. Uh, that's because uh, so many exchanges are poorly managed. So many crypto exchanges have laughable levels of security. And this is a a PSA for our listeners. Uh, Don't keep your coins on an exchange. Don't keep them on an exchange. Buy them. If you need to trade them for something else or whatever, go do that. That's fine. Then get them off the exchange as soon as you've done your exchange. Uh, you don't know what the security is on these exchanges. You don't
0: know. No, ex- explain real quick, William. Explain, like, for example, when I say Coinbase, is that a wallet, is that an exchange, or is it both?
1: So you could say Coinbase, which is a company, but let's call Coinbase, it's a wallet, right? Because you go and you deposit some money in it and you can you have a Coinbase account. Then there's GDAX, which is the... Uh, Coinbase companies exchange, which you can go and use. Gdax to buy and sell stuff like Bitfinex or Binance or Bittricks or Bitcom. All the bees, um, or uh, uh, you you could call Coinbase. Even I believe they're still a, uh, a payment processor. They will work with merchants to uh, take in crypto and convert that into U.S. dollars. So. For the most part i think people think of their coinbase account so let's call coinbase for most people it's probably a wallet
0: it's a wallet it's not an exchange an exchange would be more like uh uh binance yeah yeah so understand there's a difference and move everything into a wallet and you yeah, can but probably even, then, get past-
1: even then i would tell you so again so with coinbase your coins are not in a distinct Blockchain locked wallet, your coins. What they do is they pool all the coins and they put them in a, you know, somewhere. But it's not like your coins are literally on the blockchain and you can see them on the blockchain. So that's uh, I know it gets a little confusing, but uh, and maybe you can trust Coinbase. I don't know, but I would just say, uh, and by trust, I don't mean they're crooks. I just mean you know, what's their security? You don't know. If you think about your money in a bank, when you put your money in a bank, they don't take your money and put it in a little safe and everybody else's money in each little safe. They put it all like whatever, in a big safe, right? So if they break into the safe, they get it. But of course, one thing we know is it's hard to break into banks. And when they do, they don't get much. And if they do get a lot, it's insured by the U.S. government. So you don't worry about thefts of banks. But if, a, if, an, if a, an exchange goes bust, they don't give you your coins back. That's your problem. They don't. That's right. look what big we're, issue. Mt. Gox didn't give any coins back. How about Bitfinex? When Bitfinex lost $70 million, whatever it was, of, uh, of, uh, of, I think it was uh, Bitcoin, they, uh, they said, well, uh, we lost it. And so what they did is they took – all the value that was lost in the stolen Bitcoin. And even if you had no Bitcoin on Bitfinex, they basically took the loss out of everybody's account. So I think everybody had their accounts reduced by like 30% in value or something. And they just said, yeah, you know, we're sharing the expense among everyone in exchange. You know what's crazy? It had no effect on the popularity of their exchange. Uh, people don't seem to care. So, But I would just tell people, if you have more than a few thousand dollars worth of crypto, take it off the exchange.
0: Get it out. That's right. Hey, this is episode 21 of Coin DMZ, and we are planning some really cool stuff moving forward. Pay attention to what's going on with uh, William and Ken. When we come back, because we're going to take a quick break, we're going to be talking about uh, who takes crypto, meaning websites, organizations. You don't want to miss this. William and Ken, we'll be right back. You're listening to Coin DMZ. Coin DMZ, demilitarized zone. You are here with William and Ken. And we, uh, last story and a little fun with William. Of course, I got to take advantage of William's great sense of humor. Uh, William, Mark Cuban, you know, I was... um, (sighs) At the first internet world in 1996 in San Jose, California, and Mark was my roadie. He actually did all the sound, made sure that everything sounded good as we streamed live from that conference. That was one of the first (laughs) conferences ever to stream live. And because Audionet was just going, Mark, of course, did everything. He wore every hat. And... He streamed the show. It was kind of cool. Actually, it was Mark, and I interviewed everybody because back then, being on the Internet was a big deal, and since I was the first broadcaster on the Internet, it was kind of cool. Now, the reason why i bring this up is I think Mark, regardless if you love him or hate him, you only know him because of Shark Tank, he, he kind of steps out in the land of uncomfortableness often because he's a risk taker and he's a pure entrepreneur. Do you agree? Absolutely. His basketball team, which is the Dallas Mavericks, he turned that, um, that basketball club around. Pretty amazing what he did. He's trying something brand new, which is fairly interesting, and I think it's pretty smart, don't you? Well, what are you referring to? I'm referring to mm-hmm. them possibly accepting Bitcoin.
1: No, buying dumb idea. Dumb idea. Dumb idea.
0: <laughs> I know you hate it. I know it because hey, if you're gonna buy a cup of coffee, don't be using Bitcoin. If you, you no, know, I know you hate it, but I think if he's going to go off and say, hey, maybe you can use something other than just money, it's gonna bring a more a different
1: crowd to it. I think I it's know, great I marketing. Just, I hate it. I hate the idea. I'll tell you why. It's like this, Ken. You and I build a cement like block. And we have no idea what to do with the cement block, but we decide, I don't know, it's, uh, it's useful for crushing walnuts. And so we run around to everybody and we say, look, it crushes walnuts. And in fact, it does crush walnuts. We demonstrate and all that. Now, it's a shitty walnut crusher, and no one wants a big freaking block of concrete in their, in their kitchen, but it works. So that's how I think of Bitcoin. Bitcoin is not a payment system. It is failed as a payment system. It is too expensive, it is too complicated, and it is too damn slow. It does not work. No one wants to wait 10 minutes to an hour to check out of an online register because the Bitcoin blockchain hasn't confirmed the transaction. And in February, to send a Bitcoin costs $50. What if your ticket was $25? And you're going to spend $50 as a fee.
0: So Now, of course, this is coming from you because you do millions and millions of dollars a month on Opskins. And Bitcoin is one of the platforms. And this is why you had to go to WAX, right?
1: Yes, but when we... Yes, we we still take Bitcoin, but we don't like it, and neither do our customers because it takes so long to confirm it. And it's expensive. So Ethereum, it takes... uh, a one to 10 minutes and is much less expensive, but it can take up 15 to 25 cents. Now that may not sound like a lot, but what if you're buying a $1 item? You're buying an in-app purchase on an iPhone. Would you want to spend 25% of the purchase on the transaction fee, you know? So I think uh, Mark Cuban, if anything, what he should do is he should promote Wax or promote EOS or promote Dash. A, a, a coin that costs nothing to to trade and can move very fast. So that that is the only, I mean, I like his, his I, I understand the, why he's trying to do it is what you said. It's like, hey, get people to figure out how to use this. But you know what my worry is? They're going to use it for the wrong thing, using it as a payment mechanism, and they're going to hate
0: it. Yeah, but this gives you an opportunity to give them a call going, hey, Mark, it's Big Billy why didn't you use wax
1: well if he actually made the decision right it could just be someone within the organization you know how that
0: goes it's mark give him a call i'll give you his dallas number i got his mobile number hey i'm not sure if you could hear that no of course you can't because i put it in uh later on as we edit the show but that is the music for us to have a little game all on william's behalf william quigley my question to you true or false Do these companies, one, possibly don't exist, or if they do, do they accept crypto as a payment mechanism? Are you ready?
1: Okay, this one I'm going to get 100% right.
0: Here we go. Our first one is called Beer Dance. It's a monthly beer subscription. Do they accept
1: crypto? So is it, do they exist as a company or do they- I'm asking either or, both. Okay, so they they don't exist as a company and they don't accept crypto. Oh, very good, your first one is
0: right. Second one is OKCupid, it's a dating site.
1: Um, by the way, I found you on there a couple of times. You're I know very, that. Very handsome. Um, it, it does exist as a dating site. Yes, and? And it does not accept crypto. All right, you're wrong on that one. It does oh, accept,
0: she, which yep, one it accepts. Which ones? OKCupid is, you're right, a dating site. And yes, my profile is on there multiple times. <laughs> but they do take bitcoin as a payment structure. Wow,
1: bitcoin. Okay, all right, I got Next that one. Next one. All right. No middle
0: seat. It's a travel hotel booking agency.
1: Uh d- d- yes, it exists and yes it accepts crypto. Oh you're wrong on both it doesn't exist and since it doesn't exist it
0: doesn't take any type of crypto it was a terrible name no middle c but i figured it's so bad it probably is true all right okay pizza for coins it's a pizza delivery service
1: you know what this cannot exist so it doesn't exist and therefore it doesn't accept crypto you
0: are double wrong it does exist (laughs) And it takes crypto! Our next one, it's Zynga. Zynga Games. Does it take crypto? Does it exist?
1: Well, first of all, if you don't pronounce it right- Oh, Zynga. Zynga, Zynga. excuse me, Zynga. And uh, Zynga does exist, and Zynga does not accept crypto.
0: You are wrong! You
1: suck at this game! Oh (laughs) my god!
0: And our last one, it's called Ladyboy. It's an e-commerce and it does DIY, do it yourself, uh, designs for men and women. Ladyboy, what do you think?
1: Is it really a site? <laughs> I'm going to say it doesn't exist and it doesn't accept your
0: At least you ended it well, William Right? It does not <laughs> exist. <laughs> I had too much fun writing these down. I'm laughing. You
1: know what? I think I'm going to do one on you. I'm going to do something <laughs> on you. You your talk.
0: I love it. All right. So uh, next show, maybe, William, if you have a little extra time to write a little thing you can do with me, I'd appreciate it. Oh, that's that fun. See, I took the smartest guy in the crypto space and I brought him down to Earth for you, everyone. Oh. You did. William, people want to find you, where do they go? Should they go to Opskins, should they knock on your door, should they deliver something Uh, with uh, ladyboy.com?
1: WaxToken.com, you can see every, or WaxToken, I'm sorry, Wax.io. There you go. (laughs) Wax.io, you can come and see everything about Wax.
0: Yeah, go check out uh, Voice of Disruption over at YouTube, and we're launching the brand new show, which I'm really stoked about. William, it's been a great pleasure. And like always, everyone out there, thanks a lot for hanging out with us right here on Coin DMZ.